I would rather have a day job than be a Pokemon mascot. Han Solo is clearly more attractive than Indiana Jones. I would take the Star Wars trilogy over the Matrix trilogy any time. The Legend of Zelda versus Super Mario. Who's better in bed, Jafar or Gaston? And would Thanos masturbate with the Infinity Gauntlet or not? Every week, Nerd Rage The Great Debates brings you the funniest comics, writers, and podcasters to settle some of geekdom's most divisive topics. Find us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. In Southern California, just outside Hollywood, there is a most unusual hotel. A hotel dedicated to the golden age of cinema and the departures of its most influential and notorious players. It is a destination that spotlights the manners in which these men and women of Hollywood perished. From the butcher of renowned ventriloquist Frank Doubleday at the Kaplan, to the strangulation of chorus girl Noreen Tyler at the Park Lane Suites. The rooms are decorated with an array of evidence and clues unique to each death and fitted with a cast of department store mannequins which stand in for those involved. Welcome to the Swan Hotel. Hey, Ms. Emmers, Ron Salazar here. How about a statement for the papers? I typically let my singing speak for me. But your fans are dying to hear from you. Well, we can't have that now, can we? The congestion in this city's a big enough problem without the fear of headstones popping up all over the place. All right, but let's keep it snappy. They start the dinner service as soon as we shove off. Uh, Stuart, uh, can you see that my bags are taken directly to my stateroom? Like I told you before, lady, leave them with the others and they'll wheel them on in after the second horn. Not the first, not the third, but the second. Do you understand? Oh, yes, uh, thank you. Let me guess, first time... What? Uh, no, no, of course not. Uh, Why, I've circumnavigated the globe on many occasions, and on far more luxurious ships than this tin can. What's she run on anyway, black or pinto? I might ask you the same question. Yeah, well, don't scuff up my trunk. That's genuine artificial alligator. Oh, I wouldn't dream of it. Miss Emmers. What? No, you. So how do you think you'll fare overseas? Oh, I imagine it to be a gay old time. Strolling through the corridors of Paris and Milan, partaking in all the European amenities, and above all, the palatable dining. Creamy risotto, Yorkshire pudding, bangers and mash. Are you at all concerned about the weight of your competitors? No, and why should I? I waited just as long for my opportunity. They'll have their chance. Uh, Europe, though, has a different class system. Will this affect your performance? Perhaps hinder it? Oh, heavens no. Uh, Surrounded by thousands of years of history, performing the same halls as the greatest talents the opera has ever known. If anything, the experience will enhance my solos. Still, the alternating climates must be a factor. Think you'll be able to go the full set of rounds? I suppose working several shows a week, there's always the risk of a little laryngitis, but... Well, how do you think you'll match up against Killer Kid Keselowski? Say, Sonny, uh, what newspaper is this for, anyway? It's a Staten Island Wrestling Review. All good for a picture, Joe? Uh, Make sure you use the wide lens. Specimen for a case file labeled A for adversity. This evening's story from Room 508 comes as a bit of a departure. That is to say, tonight, we will leave behind Sunny Hollywood for Drizzly Perry, courtesy of one May Emmers. A punchline in yesterday's variety, and today a footnote in the pages of the American Opera Hall of Fame. Tonight, we'll follow Ms. Zimmers, all 330 pounds of her, 
as she embarks on a European tour of the most acclaimed music halls and opera houses. And like atonal music to a Western ear, we'll watch this straight from the shoulder, full-figured gal hobnob her way through European high society and rattle the rooms of the royal elite. And in just a moment, we'll set sail with Ms. Emmers aboard the SS Constitution and bring you this snug-fitting tale, stuffed and garnished and ordered up with a side of intrigue. A tale served exclusively at the Swan Hotel. This way to your cabin, ma'am. Cabin? Uh, that sounds awfully small. Here we are. That tiny thing? Excuse me, ma'am. Do I? Do I know you? Your face? I, I've seen it before. Uh, May Emmer's face is everywhere. May Emmer's. May Emmer's. That's it. Emma Movable. I beg your pardon? The seesaw. You played Emma Movable. I don't believe I know. Sure. I love that short. Oh, and Zelda the Bearded Woman in Freaks oh, Incorporated? Yes, well, I I should start unpacking. Ethel the Fat Lady, Hilly the Sausage Queen. Oh, and that picnic number, one drumstick or two. Thank you. That'll be all. Ms. Emmers? Are you from the theater? I'm to take you to your hotel. Oh, splendid. Now throw your stuff in a boot and we'll scarper. All right, clear off the road, you lot. Limp buggers. So, miss, this your first time to England? Uh, well, actually, I... Me, I'm from Leeds. Not that rosy, but it'll cost you a pony. Ah, oh, yes, the ponies. By the way, miss, make sure and keep an eye on your valuables while you're here. Wouldn't want you to get the wrong impression of our little island. Pardon? Don't you read the papers? That jewel thief struck again last night. The one going around terrorising Europe? This time in London. Police are calling him the catch man. Nicked a set of jewels from a home in Hendon. Got one over on the police and gave the insurance officers a good roger in. Shame, really. Jewels were going up on auction tomorrow night. Papers have been clamouring over to sell for weeks. That is a shame. Owners recovered, but got snookered on the auction. Projections were through the roof. Oi, chivy long. Night after night, May held audiences enraptured by her heavenly renditions. Despite the fact that offstage, her outspokenness, though humorous and refreshing in the States, was ill-received overseas among the genteel wealth. Mmm, this beef wellington is sublime. I simply can't contain myself. Oh, um, waiter, uh, could you bring me some more of those delectable little puffs? I know I shouldn't, but they're exquisite. Oh, and some more of these heavenly potatoes for the table. And please, give my compliments to the chef. He has outdone himself this evening. Do save some for the rest of us, dear. Oh, I'm sorry. I figured you ladies didn't need a mixed, mixed company. And how are you carrying on in London, Miss Emmers? Oh, I'm having a marvelous time. I couldn't help but notice you alone. No chauffeur, no chaperone. I can cut my own meat. I know, child, but not even a traveling companion. Really. A woman unescorted may send the wrong message. What would your husband think? Afraid I dodged a bullet there. A woman your age, unwed, 
Hardly seems proper. Why submit to a man I could crush? Reviewers and the public raved, but still Emmer's mortification raged. Until one night after an appearance at the Palais de la Musique in Paris, she met an unlikely character. Excuse me, what do you think you're doing? Shh. I don't permit fans backstage or journalists. If it's a quote you're chasing, I'm afraid you've wasted your time barging in here. I don't make comments to the press. You know, lady, for having an angelic set of pipes, you certainly don't know when to turn them off. I beg your pardon? My name's Cole Spence. Mind if I smoke? Yes, I do. Sorry, I already struck the match. It's a Hemley strike match. My favorite. I don't waste a Hemley. Only bad thing is I can't find a decent cigarette over here. I'll say. You just let the filter end. See what I mean? The French never could make up their minds. Yeah, I hear Napoleon also had a fondness for Tutti Frutti. I suppose it's an introduction you're after. The name's... Cole Spence. Yes, yes, that much I know already. Now tell me, Mr. Spence, why are you standing in the middle of my dressing room? Am I harboring a fugitive? No. Then get on with it. The name's Cole. Spence! I'll take it from here if you don't mind, as I've played this role before. Now look here, Cupid doll. I'll certainly keep an eye out for your byline, Mr. Spence. Meanwhile, I'll still be sitting here wondering where that stage girl is with my sandwich. Now if you'd kindly extricate yourself and that cigarette from both my affairs and this dressing room, I need to remove my corset. Now you listen here. A dame talks to me like that, I've got a right mind to smack her around a bit. Put her in her place. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't want to cross a guy like me. I'm hard-boiled from the streets. I dine with muckers and dance with fiends. I'm the rumpus in a dark alley. The gravelly shoulder of a long and winding road. I tell big shots where they can stick it and offer my assistance. I'm an inconsiderate lover and I talk with food in my mouth. I don't always rinse after brushing and sometimes forget to phone my mother. I see the world as a brutal and relentless place, and believe that every spoken word is a forfeited shot of whiskey. And all this explaining's putting me drinks behind. The fly on your trousers is open. Y yes, well, I want to be ready in the event there's a small brush fire. Hemley's burns long after the tobacco. What's wrong with your clothes? What about them? They don't fit. Your shirt, your trousers. Look how big they are. You look like you're wearing a potato sack. Yeah, well, my laundress mixed up the loads. Her vision ain't what it used to be, so I had to belt her one. And what is that? You still have the price ticket on your jacket. That's a, a toe tag. Yeah. Must have rubbed off. I spend a lot of time in the morgue. Gets dark in there. You bump into a lot of stuff. Zippers snag and loops catch part of the job. So you're not a newspaper man. What are you, a claims man, a PI, or are you just here for the linen? I'm an operative for Nation's Detective Agency. Ah, fellow Yank. Let me guess, you've been sent here from the land of opportunity and smog with a proposal from Mr. Bradley, or God willing, straight from the old man himself, Mr. Sherman. Well, you can tell the boys thanks, but no thanks, I'm fine right where I am. Lady, you got a screw loose, and I ain't a pair of pliers. Uh, where is that girl? If you want some candy corn, I suffer from a sweet tooth. It's not smoked ham and butter, but it'll do the trick. Hmm. Thank you. That's... That's 
Very nice of you. So, um, tell me, uh, what's an American detective doing in Paris? Not that I don't welcome some home cooking. Your stateside fanatic is music to my ears. Just call me inquisitive. Jewelry. Jewelry. Tell me, are you familiar with the jewel thief newspapers here are calling Le Cashman? Everett whispers about. Then you know of the hordes of gem and jewel encrusted necklaces and bracelets he snatched all across Europe. The Valentina diamond in Barcelona, the sapphire brooch of Jessapina in Nice, the Brizo emerald, the Ramsey jewels in London, and how the police have very little to go on. Their problem isn't that the trail's gone cold, it's that it never existed. No leads, no clues, no tips passed around back alleys. He works like a phantom, carrying the bounty of an entire continent right in the palm of his hand. The police put on a show for the public, assuring them that they have a suspect, someone that fits the description, a dark blur with two eyes and a nose. Thanks, but no thanks. They aimlessly wander from door to door, meanwhile the catchman is still out there. Sliding through the cracks of neglected windows, slinking around corners and tiptoeing down hallways, inching himself closer and closer toward the bedrooms and studies, the carrots calling him, beckoning his name through the steel. And like that, he's gone. And all that remains is an empty box. Yes, well, that's why we pay such a high premium. Now, I don't mean to dampen your firecracker, Detective Spence, but it's getting late. I thank you very much for the candy and story, but I'm tired, I'm hungry, and I'd really just like to get back to my hotel room. I have a theory on the catchment. Oh, I'm sure you do, and I bet it's a lovely one. With big names, scandal, and diplomatic intrigue. Tell it to bomb builders bi-monthly. I hear they're having a slow year. I believe that our man is a fan of the opera. And what makes you say that? Tell me, in Francesco De Luca's opera La Moglie del Contadino, The Farmer's Wife, what is the name of the peasant girl who professes her love for Federigo? I don't... Now think about it. Um, Jessapina. The sapphire brooch of Jessapina. He's choosing jewels to share a name with characters from operas. Ah, uh, I see. Uh-huh. Don't you get it? Sure. How could anyone have missed that one? Excuse me if I don't jump for the phone. I'm telling you, this is the guy. He's an opera buff. Well, he was probably sitting in the audience tonight. That's incidentally why I'm here. Did you find him? Well, no, but don't you see? It all adds up. What adds up? Look, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, and this is probably my failed attempt at showing you the door, but you got a piece of stolen jewelry with a name that, in a sense, materialized in a 300-year-old opera. It's loose. You got a name. Now, if you'll please excuse me. I got the name. And I take offense to that materialized crap. It's happenstance. I'm sure Giuseppina's a very common name in Italy. It's probably like John over there, or Mandelbaum if you live in Hollywood. In 1809, French composer Sebastian Roland wrote a musical tragedy about Brizo, a character from Greek mythology. She's the patron goddess of sailors. She battles a sea serpent and saves a ship of mortals that denounce her after their sister ship is swallowed whole. I'm familiar with the story. Eight months ago in Wales, the Brizo Emerald was stolen from the Cardiff Museum of National Treasures. Huh. That is strange. Still, it's a tantalizing tale. The weight of coincidence is too heavy. It's not just operas. Ballets, too. This guy might be a malefactor, but he's an educated one. What we're dealing with here is a miscreant with a diploma. What is it? What's that look for? Just something you said. Yeah? 
Valentina A. Alicio, Lorenzo Fonte. Valentina sits on a mountaintop for seven years, looking out to sea, waiting for her love to return. The Valentina Diamond. My God. And most recently, the Ramsey Jewels, which were stolen from the private home of Sir Benjamin Nichols in the East Finchley neighborhood of London. The tyranny of King Ramsey, Samuel Woodworth, his most celebrated opera. Not my favorite, but it had its moments. I don't believe it. This is incredible. And there have been smaller scores in between. The Werner Ruby from Die Forsterin, uh, the Kaplan Rings from Zeslavsky's Bazaar of Nobility. Police and insurance agents chalk those up to isolated incidences and lost them in the shuffle. It's all right here. What a sensational lead. Look, you want to grab something to eat? I know this great little joint around the corner with the best beef bourguignon in Paris. No, I... 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 I shouldn't. I have another concert tomorrow night, and I've already stressed my voice more than I should have. I know you're starving. Look, this isn't exactly garden variety for me. I'm sure I come across as worldly and self-assertive, but I'm... I'm just a singer, and... Half hour. This isn't for me. I... Got any more of that candy? I do music halls in the intermittent opera house. I'm no good at this sort of thing. Come on, my treat. Beef bourguignon? Like, with the red... Red wine and the garlic and the... The onions? That beef board? Well, I have to eat. Enjoying yourself? Mm, these onion pearls just melt in your mouth. Well, I hate to interrupt your, you know, attempts at breathing between bites, but we don't have much time. There's a thief on the loose and he's liable to strike at any moment. Why don't you just notify the police? That's what I do. The police? You want me to share this? Yeah. Mm, look, you're beyond the point of speculation. It's a solid lead. They'll believe you. Well, I'm glad the singer doesn't see my theory as conjecture, thank you. Okay, the newspapers. The newspapers? I don't know, I'm speaking impromptu here. Sweetheart, let me spell it out for you. I'm a detective on the trail of the most infamous jewel thief Europe's ever known. You think I'm just gonna hand this over? Yeah, a detective for an obscure agency. I'll have you know I cracked the Anders baby kidnapping case in just three days. I was the only one that suspected the cat. What are you gonna do? How are you gonna find this guy? You gonna run all over town singing the gypsy's aria and see who answers back? Believe me, sweetheart. If I can catch one cat, I can catch another. And what makes you think he's in Paris? This guy could be anywhere. What about the Riviera? You said the brooch was lifted in Nice. And how do you know he's even in France? Greece? Italy? Naples is full of thieves. Yes, but Naples doesn't have the jewel. Mm, What jewel? The Monarch Pearl. It arrived in Paris last night. The Monarch Pearl. El Monarca del Rescate. The Monarch's Ransom. Follow the jewels, follow the thief. Mm, Okay. So you got the city. Congratulations. We're back to square one, and you're in the streets. Would you like to borrow my wig? Stay off the boulevards. You're liable to wind up in a burlesque show. I don't know. We have to strike while the iron's hot. All I know is the pearl is next on his list, and I've got to beat him to it. Unfortunately, I don't know where it is. 57 carats and currently sitting atop a diamond tiara, it shouldn't be hard to spot. For you or for him? Hey, how about a little support here? I'm supportive. I'm also skeptical. Look, what you need is a gathering, a watering hole of aficionados, something social. The Paris Opera is always putting on these extravagant functions, you know, fundraisers and public pats on the back, 
big swanky affairs. I saw something in the paper. I'm sure a gentleman thief would feel right at home. Find the function, find your man. Here, the opera's putting on a benefit gala tomorrow night at the Chateau de Vadebon. It says here that attending the event will be a Mr. Rupert Mullen. Apparently he's a wealthy American traveling through Europe sponsoring the various opera companies. This is our ticket. Our ticket? You gotta help me with this. Not me, honey. I just offered up a suggestion. I wasn't made for creeping around. I don't know if you've noticed, but the mold I came out of wasn't exactly labeled stealth. You can get me in. Look, I'm in the middle of reinventing myself here. I can't get involved in this. No, no, count me out. You wouldn't even have to do anything. Just get me in the building. I'll infiltrate from the buffet. No, 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 I couldn't. Think of this as adding some bugs to your garden variety. A little adventure in your life when you're not on stage. Let's live. I like my routine. You know, I have my little room, my my meals, the occasional indigestion, which I, you know, rectify with a glass of milk. It's all very exciting. Crossroads of my life are behind me, and I'm headed down a stirring new path. These are rip-roaring times for mayhemers. Sure, there were a few bumps in the road, but that's to be expected. You got anybody, May? A husband? Kids? Me? Uh, no, I was engaged once, see... Left me at the altar, if you can believe that. He never showed? No, no. No, he showed. He just, you know, left me while at the altar. Later, the preacher said it was the first time he ever heard an objection come from the groom. <sighs> Look, detective, you're gonna catch this guy, this, this catch man, but not with me. Oh, but uh, when you do apprehend him, make sure and send me an autograph. I'll frame it and hang it above the mantle. Yeah. Autograph. What? Uh, oh, no, nothing. What is it, detective? Can I trust you with something here? I think the less I know, the better. There was a pen left at one of the crime scenes. Ugh, now why did you go and say that? Wait, a pen? A rare Grayson Gothic fountain pen circa 1880 was found in the study of Benjamin Nichols' townhouse behind a catty corner chair next to the window. But I thought you said the police didn't find any evidence. The police didn't. I did. You did? You were in the house? Lucky for me, Mrs. Nichols has an affection for younger men. Apparently, Mr. Nichols has become quite the bore in the bedroom. Yeah, how'd you get all that? I got all that with a bouquet of flowers, a box of English chocolates, and three hours of my life I'll need years of therapy to unlock. How'd you know the pen didn't belong to Mr. Nichols? That one took a bit more digging, more cunning tactics. I asked. Mrs. Nichols? She said it wasn't her husband's and just assumed it belonged to one of her many suitors. Apparently, she had a conga line stretching out the door. She was actually relieved when I found it and was more than thankful when I offered to take it off her hands. Let me see it. Mm, well, some pen. You bet it is. Why didn't you mention this before? I didn't know I could trust you. For all I knew, you were the catch man. After all, you do have an opera background. Me? Yeah, I'm so spry and nimble. For all I knew, you were the catch man. Scattering breadcrumbs at the edge of a cliff, setting me up to take the fall. Okay, so neither of us were above suspicion. Wait, what would a jewel thief need with a pen? I don't know. Then how do you know it's the thief's? How do you know it didn't belong to one of the old lady's lovers? What are you saying? I'm saying maybe Mrs. Nichols was sleeping with the catch man and didn't know it. Huh. I never considered that. See, this is why I need you. You don't need me. Yes, I do. Come to the party with me. I'll pose as your date. I'll be Franz Hyman, a foreign dignitary from some obscure country, and you can be, well, you'll be you. 
Ugh, look, this this whole thing's gotten a little too close for my comfort. I I don't think I want any part in it. What do you mean? It's too tricky. All I'm asking here is for an invitation. Yeah, as Franz Hyman. What's the matter with you? It's too delicate. I'm already invested here. I, I got a good thing going on. I can't afford to mess it up. I gotta keep this train on the tracks. I'm not going back to degrading myself by rolling around in a heap of flour or some other ingredient that sticks. The stakes are high and this guy's front page. I can't get mixed up in that. Why do you have to be so combative? Why can't you take no for an answer? This could be a big case for me. Big case? You don't need the headache of stardom, believe me. Stick to your small town callers. You know, the ones with the household pets. You know what? Fine. You don't want to help me? Forget it. Go back to your lonely nights and room service. Hey, I didn't say I wouldn't help. Just not this way. It's it's a sensitive matter. You don't have to get huffy. You just have to think this thing through. Oh, it uh, says here the evening will be catered by world-renowned chef Adrian Renault. Foie gras, soup à l'oignon, smoked herring. Oh, dear. Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, I don't have a choice now, do I? Get a load of this place. I, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. What? You've been to a ball before. Yes, but never to stalk the guests. Don't be so conspicuous. You'll be fine. I don't think you know the kind of people you're going to be dealing with tonight. They're aristocrats, lords and ladies, dukes and earls. I never put thievery past the nobles. They're not like you and me. They don't break so easily. They're elegant and multifaceted. Like their jewelry. I'm serious. Gotta know how to talk to these blue-blood imperial types. Sweetheart, you're talking to a master of deception. Yeah, well, shrewdness trumps deception in there, let me tell you. They'll sniff you out in an instant if they suspect you're poor or stupid. I'll make sure and stuff a brisket down my pants right away and show them both. Now, stay close and keep a sharp eye out. This place is crawling with suspects. Hey, uh, I could get used to this. wonder if they're looking for a live-in mistress. Hey, try and keep the gawking to a minimum. You look like a tourist. Well, I am a tourist. Well, don't be so obvious. Look, just try and maintain a certain level of eminence and entitlement. That's a tough sell hanging on your arm. <laughs> How about I suck you in the mouth, then, all right? <laughs> now, which one of these money bags do you suppose is Rupert Mullen? You may. Oh, God. Do you know that woman? Lucienne Perrault, singer. German-born, but was raised Parisian. Her mother was German, her father French. Came over after the Fuhrer took power. She's beautiful. Yes, quite fair. Uh, and brilliant. Unfortunately, her voice sounds like a baguette drowning in a jar of sauerkraut. Uh, Lucienne! Nay, Emma's. You're looking robust as ever. As plump as a tomato. That would be the supplements. What's your regimen? Vitamin B. Gravy. It's stupendous to see you. I've been hearing a string of praiseful reviews about an American touring the concert halls. I should have anticipated you. London first, no? Yes, the Paragon. What a mesmerizing little theater. So quaint and old world. Picturesque in its own whimsical sort of way. 
Oh, how my body quakes and quivers for those early reviews. Mm, Careful, you'll spill your drink. (laughs) Wouldn't want you to get anything on that sensational dress you're wearing. Uh, What is that, endangered rayon? And who is this? Your escort? Oh, my escort. Oh, oh, of course. Uh, This is my, uh, my, my, my... I'm her, uh... Um, uh, this is my gentleman that, uh, uh, well, we first, uh, I met... Uh, who, who is this man standing standing here? Uh, that's what you're asking. Actually, it's a funny story. I'm her husband. Yes, 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 yes. My husband, my sweet, loving, dear, my my confidant, my sunrise and stars. Uh, uh, Philip. Ackerman. Philip Ackerman. It's a pleasure to meet you. Your rhapsodic phonation has enchanted my ear. <laughs> You married a wolf. Believe me, he's more the sheep's clothing. (laughs) Oh, now, honey. It's that quippy nature that attracted me to her so. Well, I think it's marvelous. You were always so shy back in the States, sweetie. So reserved. One might go as far as to say muddled. Yeah, well, so's your soprano. Come, May. I have people I must introduce you to. I'll bet you do. Uh, Come along, Philip. Oh, leave the poor baby. Uh, no, I... Yes, yes, I'm fine. Go, go. I'll just, uh, mingle. Champagne? Ah, yes, thank you. A glass for Mr. Ackerman. I'm Phil Ackerman. Very good, monsieur. Yes, yes. Very good. I feel his relation of words to melody is so uninspired. Really? Do tell. It's nothing more than trickery. Are you saying he's an imposter? To some degree, yes. Oh, come now. I see him a fraud. (laughs) I think my wife has a biased ear for Aria. That or this champagne's gone straight to my head. (laughs) The Dane's right. He was a fraud. Are you an authority on Mr. Charles Vaughn? Robbie Rourke, a union man, ran a racket selling fake land plots to GIs. Charlie Vaughn, or Charlie Cheddar as he's come to be known, a pillar in the 5th District, put up the capital for the venture and took a hefty percentage. When Rourke put the squeeze on Vaughn for a bigger share in the take, he wound up with three holes in his chest, compliments of a 38. Have you tried the escargot? Unbelievable. You're a fresh face. I don't believe we've met. Are you new to the association? No, no. I'm here with my wife. She's around here somewhere. She's a singer. She was showing me around the grounds, but I seem to have wandered away from the tour. <laughs> Splendid. And which one of these heavenly creatures is your wife? Oh, my dreadfully sorry, lad. Where are my manners? I'm Thomas Bedford, and this is my wife, Olivia. Pleasure. And this is our dear friend, Harry Hill. I'm called uh, Philbert Ackerman. I'm, I'm, I mean, Philip. Philip Ackerman. Whereabouts do you hail from, Mr. Ackerman? I'd have to look at my passport. <laughs> I'm a bit of a nomad. I do so much traveling around, it's difficult to pinpoint my origin. That's quite amusing. My wife and I can certainly relate. We've been traveling excessively these past several months, partly for business, partly for leisure. In all, it's been quite the holiday, though my expense count should tell a different story. What's your line? I'm in antiques. I work in conjunction with Telford, one of London's most prominent auction houses. Telford? They're insured by the Morrow E&O Company, if I'm not mistaken. Are you a collector? A bit. I've got a stack of overdue notices from the gas company sitting on my dresser. Mint condition. 
You know, I've always had a great appreciation for the artistry and craftsmanship in those lavish heirlooms. Bygones of a past generation, handcrafted and sculpted with expert precision. I find the whole experience illuminating and extremely lucrative. Really? Oh, yes, absolutely. You'd be surprised the extravagant cost some people will pay for a remote relic to simply hang on the wall or spruce up a corner of the flat. Girls the raffish blokes and their cloudy wives, I sport. <laughs> a trade secret. No, no, we mustn't give our guests the wrong impression. I cherish these pieces, and if my clients have the means to pay the small fortune that's printed on the ticket, let them. In the end, they'll treasure the item more because they paid so much. And anyway, it gives them something to vaunt about at parties, so why not reap the benefits? And this is how our old man can afford to spend his afternoons on the courts. <laughs> what kind of merchandise do you circulate? Bit of everything, actually. Furniture, mainly. The French Regent's period is popular right now. Chaise lounges, bureaus, and lamps. Recently sold a white marble console with trimming by Jacques-Louis Petit. Petit, you don't say? I believe I have one of his ashtrays. It's been a smashing trip so far. We began in Spain, Costa del Sol, and fouled the coast up through Valencia to Barcelona, then the Riviera and into Milan, where we met a master of French horn production. A 70-year-old man laboring alone in a workshop on top of a hill. Such a keen awareness of detail and subtlety. He talked to the instruments as if they were living, breathing things. Sounds like the old chap went a bit bonkers. <laughs> yes. Well, now, after that, we went back home with a stop off in Wales for business amidst the flora around the bay this time of year. Magnificent. And now, Paris. Spain, France, Wales, London. That's four for four. Bring back any souvenirs? As a matter of fact, yes. I, we picked up these exquisite teardrop diamonds. Diamonds? You don't say. Have you ever seen anything like that in your whole life? Only in the museum. <laughs> A museum would be lucky to get their paws in these immaculate stones. I don't dare tell you what I paid for them, and I certainly didn't pad the account if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> Couldn't be more than you charged me for those zircon cufflinks last year. Watch it, old boy. The moment I saw them, I knew they would make the perfect earrings. And up against Olivia's cheek, her complexion compliments them marvelously. I'm a bit of a gem hunter. It's a rather consuming pastime. Do you fancy gemstones, Mr. Ackerman? Me? No, I don't like the feel of something cold against my skin. It's a shame, really. My neck looks absolutely naked in anything low-cut. My blood runs with rubies and my veins pulsates in the color of blue sapphire. Then you must know of the monarch pearl. Mother Nature has never produced and likely ever will a pearl of such weight and quality. A flawless gemstone. What I wouldn't give to possess her. I've been trying to persuade old Lizzie for years now to grant me the opportunity to examine her tiara up close. But you know Mrs. Harrison, stubborn as an ox. Mrs. Harrison? Ah, the owner of the Monarch Pearl. Oh, yes, of course. I was confused. I have a groundskeeper back home named Harrison. Tell me, Sport, do you ever auction stones? Occasionally, but really it's more of a sideline pursuit. Now, I work chiefly in furniture. In Barcelona, I managed to snag this ornate ebony armoire from the Spanish Renaissance, and it should fetch a pretty penny. I'm afraid all this talk of work is displacing my chipper mood and giving me a headache. Self-diagnosis, too many tarts and not enough champagne. <laughs> I believe you have that one twisted around, dear. She's right, Sport. Too many tarts, especially the ones in sequin gowns. I've seen enough prunes for one evening. Take me home, Thomas. Well, I'm having such a jolly good time speaking with our new friend. Come on, Olivia. I'll take you home. Thomas? 
Yes, you run along with Harry. I'll take a car back. Keep a tight grasp on your checkbook, Mr. Ackerman. A few more drinks and tell me here we'll have you paying a king's ransom. Zircon, Mr. Ackerman. Zircon. A monarch's ransom. <laughs> a feisty chap, isn't he? So, tell me more about your work. Okay, enough with the appetizers. Time for the main course. May Emmers, I present to you Mr. Rupert Mullen. Mr. Mullen, meet May Emmers. How do you do, Miss Emmers? Charmed, though I suspect I'd be doing better if I could get my fingers on that cheese tray that keeps going around. <laughs> Mr. Mullen has been traipsing his way through Europe these past several months. Lucian, please, you make it sound like a spectacle. Well, it's not as if you're flying under the radar. You've been turning heads, to say the least, whether you like it or not. Oh, yes, I read about your affairs in the paper. I hope they weren't painted too audaciously. I don't like the papers to flaunt on my behalf. Wouldn't want them to leave a single morsel unsavored. Oh, Rupert, your wit is so effervescent. Oh, is that what that tickle was under my nose? And here I thought it was the champagne. <laughs> Touché. Mr. Mullen has been glazing us with his stateside affluence. Yes, I've always been a contributor of the arts, particularly the performing arts. I attended Humberton with the idea that I might be the next big theater director. Another Lawrence Smith or Sir Gregory Lineman, if you can imagine. A romantic thought. My dreams were ambitious, but wildly improbable. After the war, I put my efforts into restoring some of the theaters over here, the overlooked and underappreciated casualties of the war. The Teatro Ventimiglia in Italy, the Regal Court in London. Such a travesty what these grand palaces endured. Tested through the rise of fascism, but a safe haven for Europe's finest performers when they were forced out of Germany. These majestic monuments, as impressive in scale and beauty as in importance, struck down, raped and pillaged by a man who claimed to treasure them. A poser and riding breeches. I tasked myself with reviving these magnificent halls, lifting them from the rubble like a, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. I've always been an admirer of the opera and ballet, and then it hit me. Why not give to the people who toil inside these glorious houses? I know the state provides suitable financing here in France, but there's nothing wrong with tossing a few cherries on top. From singers and dancers to prop men and seamstresses, let it rain prosperity throughout this great land. Entendre, entendre. Did I miss one of Rupert's spirited speeches? Miss Emmers, I'd like you to meet my assistant, Miss Dumont. Bridget, this is Miss May Emmers, and you know Miss Perrault. I am a big admirer of yours. I have all your early records, and I have seen every one of your films. I mean, the cinema has been like a second home to me. I've learned everything I know of American life through watching your films. Oh, dear. Uh, well, take it with a grain of salt, would you, honey? Believe me, there's not as many runaway pies or tubs of chocolate sauce as you might expect. And they only tar and feather you when your picture doesn't make triple break-even. During the war, when a loaf of bread meant the world, your music was my nourishment. I especially like your number in uh, Big Top Betty. You captured the perplexity of Betty, the bearded woman, miraculously. A three-ring tragedy, an abject existence for all ages. Von Behren would have been proud. Yeah, well, if you see him around, tell him I'm looking for work. But Klaus von Behren has been dead for 100 years. Cute kid. And a very talented dancer. Mr. Moulin, you're too kind. I had a short stint in the ballet before I met Rupert. When I found her, she was covering for René Cadet. Such a waste. It certainly was not a far cry from my acrobatic childhood. 
My family was part of a traveling French trapeze act known as the Flying Demon. My father was a very gifted aerial artist by the name of Gustave Demon. Those were happy times. How exciting that must have been. Our past is a terrible thing to neglect. So, you're based in London? Yes, I have an office on Portobello, not far from our townhouse in Notting Hill. Oh, please, don't let me interrupt. Kitchen's out of scallops, and I noticed you still have some on your plate. Pardon me, but you're May Emmers. If I had a name tag, that's what it'd say. Oh, dear, you two know each other? Oh, no, I don't believe we've met. How do you do? <laughs> How do you do? She pretends not to know me. Honey, did you forget to take your medication? Woman has acute memory loss. Yes, 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 I suffer from a rare disease brought on by intoxication that causes a bubbly disposition and a headstrong inclination. Your wife is Mae Emmers. How absolutely droll. My wife and I saw you perform last week in London. You were brilliant. Oh, thank you. Why didn't you say anything, old man? May Emmers. Well, I didn't want to boast. Plus, I thought it might give us something to talk about later. Now, about those pieces of jewelry you auctioned last year... Listen, the next time you two are in London, you must come by the house for whiskey and soda. Do either of you play billiards? Uh, billiards? Uh, no, no, but I once dated a man in advertising. We have this beautiful Rococo Rose. Rosewood Billiards Table. Olivia and I would love to have you over. Oh, that sounds marvelous, Mr... I'm terribly sorry. I certainly seem to be off my game this evening. Bedford. Thomas Bedford. Oh, it's wonderful to meet you, Mr. Bedford. Enchanted. Pardon me, I was so wrapped up in talking about myself, I hardly inquired about your work, Mr. Ackerman. What do you do? I'm in... Shipping. Oil. Shipping oil. I'm in the pipeline business. Oh? Yes, I'm sure you heard of the Colorado Pipeline. No, I'm afraid I haven't. Well, it was a great success. Oh, yes, made quite a splash with the Midwest Landowners Association. Will you excuse us for a moment? Certainly. What are you doing? Why'd you pull me out of there? I was doing great! Midwest Lamp Owners Association? Okay, so I got a little nervous. When I get nervous, I get irrefutably charming. I'm sorry. And thanks for remembering we're married, by the way. I'm sure that didn't look fishy in the slightest. <sighs> what about you? Now, about the jewelry you auctioned last year. Why don't you just come right out and ask him if he was the catch man? That was a valid question. I was showing interest. I thought you said you were a master of deception. Diversion. I meant diversion. I'm a scholar in deception. <laughs> uh, can we just get out of here? There's something sour with this guy, May. I can sense it. He seems like a perfect gentleman to me. We gotta follow him. Follow him? Are you crazy? Shh! Follow him? Are you crazy? He's hiding something. I know it. What am I even doing here? I should be in bed with a Reuben by now. This guy could lead us straight to the treasure trove. A wellspring of unclaimed loot. Quick, somebody get me a roast duck. Forget the duck. We've got a cat to catch. Taxi. Follow that town car. This is fine, pal.
Did he see you? Uh, no, but I think I found Sparky's favorite bush. He's leaving on foot. Let's follow, but keep our distance so he doesn't spot us. I've got a good feeling about this guy, May. The attraction of stones, Elizabeth Harrison, I like him. And where do you suppose he's going at this hour? Not to mention the fact he changed clothes. What's so peculiar about that? Listen, honey, changing clothes is one of the first signs someone wants to conceal the truth. It's a big red flag. You should be very alarmed right now. Maybe he's going to meet his wife. He said they left the party separately. Uh Uh-uh. His wife had a headache. She went home. Oh my god! This is it! Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Look! He's putting on gloves. Gloves, May! Oh, God, he's putting up his collar. Maybe he's just cold. Oh, come off it, May. It's balmy as hell. He doesn't want anybody to see his face. Wait, he's stopping in front of that townhouse. Oh, those poor unsuspecting people. Wait, what's he... He's knocking on the front door. Get down! It's a woman! Why is he kissing her? That was your guy? Okay, so I was wrong. You can't tell the difference between a jewel thief and a guy cheating on his wife? I guess I got a little overzealous. A little overzealous? You're ready to haul that guy in and take me down with you. Can you imagine the press? I'm trying to add merit to my name, not drag it through the mud. I thought it was him. I'm the laughing stock of a lot of people. I'm trying to change my life here, get on top of the right way. Ugh, look, you may have put this whole thing together, made the connection and all, but as far as wiping the streets of this guy, your piece is a little rusty. I gave you a chance, because deep down I thought it might be exciting, but let me tell you, I've had enough excitement to last me a lifetime, which at this rate will end sooner rather than later. We're done. It's over. My Emmer's a song. I prefer to eat my wild goose, not chase it. It's been eventful to say the least, Detective, but this is where we part ways. I'm tired. I'm cranky. I'm going back to my room. You want a partner? Go waste somebody else's time. May! Evening, Mac. Bonsoir. Uh, monsieur? Me? Telephone? Who knows I'm here? Uh, hello? Detective Spence. Who is this? The man you're looking for, he's a tourist. He's a great admirer of the ballet. How did you... Who is this? The catchman's name is... Gordon Mills. Hello? Hello? Join us next week at a special time for the exciting conclusion of Room 508.
Tales from the Swan Hotel is written and directed by Thaddeus Ellenberg and produced by Will Scoville. Tonight's episode starred Aviva Siegel as May Emmers, Scott Vermeer as Cole Spence, Ron Lynch as Ron Salazar, Paco Romain as Thomas Bedford, Les Milton as Rupert Mullen, Clara Bell as Brigitte Dumont, Molly Benson as Lucien Perot. Featuring additional voice talents of Jesse Elias, Sarah Hensley, Thomas Bridgman, and I'm Ron Chapman. Original theme by Nick Stargu, artwork by Justin Devine. Tales from the Swan Hotel is independently produced by Will Scoville and Thaddeus Ellenberg. You can help us by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes and Stitcher. You can find more episodes of Tales from the Swan Hotel on SoundCloud and iTunes.